We're here to meet the band. Well, they haven't uh, been down that much. It's a bad year. So. Quiet year, very quiet. But um, spirit just have to reasons. wait. We have to wait and see, you know. We're still hanging on. It's all flexy. All oh, <laughs> she was like a different girl. She was like, she was elated. She was like a different child altogether, you know, when she came back from that concert. But she had, had she taken something, you know, when she was there. But she wasn't. She was just thrilled. She just seemed to, they just seemed to thrill, the music seemed to thrill her, you know. And from that on, it was everything was you two. They let go. The music is like not biography of the world, you know, yeah. what goes on. You know, they're, they're four very unique people but with all the same bank accounts. Everybody's going mad open, painting all open. Yes, but, um, all the yeah, the world that ruined their lives, made their lives. The, the band that made it happen, written there on the wall. The and there's nothing at all. Um, well, there's the a lot of in your eyes. important messages written there, but a lot of them are him. small. YouTube's music is out of control. Yeah. What Bono said to my desire? It, um, <laughs> Well, it goes as far as the fact that there are three girls who hang around outside uh, Windmill Lane Studios. Windmill Lane, which is actually famous all over the world. You see photos of it in magazines all over the place with all the graffiti of visiting fans all over the wall. The three people that hang around all the time there, I don't really know what I'm supposed to think about that. I remember what it was like growing up and sticking posters on the wall. I must say, I never particularly wanted to go and hang around outside somebody's house or hang around outside somebody's place of work, which is what these girls do outside U2's place. But I don't really condemn it or anything. I don't really think it's completely stupid because, God, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to sound like whatever, but we're all God's children. Do what you like, you know. That's fine by me. Most Irish rock fans over the last 10 years have been there from the very beginning and have seen U2 come up. And the very first U2 album is, what, 10 years old now, I suppose, and that's called Boy. And that was an album that many real hardcore U2 fans will tell you was uh, about the sort of 
things that happen to you and the things you have to confront when you're an adolescent. In other words, the changeover from being a boy to a man, in the case of Bono, who wrote the lyrics, I suppose. But I could understand how it was so important in those early days. How, for instance, a song like October, which is the title track of the second album, meant so much to so many fans that I knew. Uh, because it was Bonner writing about his mother's death and a lot of people thought they could relate to it and all those sort of things. People felt very close to you two very early on. They were never just another rock band. do something you know you, you, it fills you with energy it's like here take a bottle of Lucasade you know what I mean <laughs> no it is so, you know <laughs> no but it's, you know wind me up you know It's uh, very manipulative and strong. It's just the way I feel about you too. It's like I need you too as much as Bono screams. He needs, I need you. you know, I need your love from that song. I need something very personal kind of mm. talk to him to say I need your love. So mm. it's very personal to us. You know, like oxygen. We need you too. All the lines in the song. Like a thought it's unchained. The way we feel. Like we have a lot of thoughts unchained, like that you want to get out. Yeah. Tell them what we can't get them out. Not just yet. Yeah. 
gets up in the morning, her tapes are on. The last day at night, she goes up to her room, she doesn't sit here, goes up to her room and she, there she's playing her tapes away, you know, the one thing, repetition all the time, you know. It's, it's, it's just, um, it's uncanny sometimes, I find it uncanny now, you know. I have a feeling somebody must have told her about Wimmer Lane. You know, that she started to go down there. You know, and she must have met up with some girls, you know, down there. Well, I know that's how she met Yvonne and that's how she met Debbie, was through Wimmer you know, Wimmer Lane. But somebody must have told her about it, you know, that she, she went down there, you know. Because I didn't know at first where she was going. You know, and then it just came... Then she told me, like, I asked her, where was she? And then, of course, she told me about it. And she was all delighted that she... I didn't even know where Millane was, you know. But I think that's really how it started, you know. I had to bring stuff with her, you don't deal with money. It's all hopefully. <laughs> we don't eat dinner, you know. We don't yeah, eat dinner. Hardly ever breakfast and OT. So we live on sweets and chocolate, and it's horrible. Like, I have to give it's up no chocolate. No one themselves, yeah. That's like, I'm a big fat pig, because I'm... It's like to me as if there's some hold over her with, with, with that, you know. No, that's the only. She doesn't seem to have an interest in anything else. In the beginning, when I'd see her buying clothes and she'd buy black stuff, it didn't dawn on me, you know, the reason that she was buying the black clothes. And then I started to take a hard look at her, and I realised then, and looking at photographs, that these were the clothes that Bono actually wore. And when I'd see her hair tied back, and then I. You know, I realised the way sort of she's trying to, to, you know, really look like him at the same time. I mean, she is fascinated by them. She's definitely fascinated by them. I mean, she knows. I mean, she should be sensible enough to they're all married men. Well, you know, for three of them are anyhow. And I mean, there's nothing can ever, you know, come out of that sort of thing. But she has no interest in anybody else. She doesn't seem to bother with with. You know, any boys. Ireland be proud. Well, you just can't talk to anybody unless no. they're into you too. I don't want to talk to them. Like, I can't. I find it awful if I'm sitting on the bus and I meet a friend, I'm there. And God, what am I going to say now for brain. half an hour? Because all I'm thinking of is you too. And yeah. I don't want to. I'm like cutting myself off from everybody else mm. that has got nothing to do with you too. I just don't want to be near them and talk mm. to them. It's weird. <laughs> but that's the way it is. I mean, I know 20, going on 20 is still young. She doesn't... Maybe I compare her with her sister. You know, that's a little older than her. She's 21, maybe. And she is the opposite altogether, you know, to her. And maybe that's where I see the difference, you know, and, and I compare too much, you know. But she doesn't, as I said, she doesn't seem to have an interest in anything else. Only you two. Well, maybe, like, if they came out and insulted us to the ground, you still... You kind of feel a bit lower, but you still forget... I always forgive them, whatever they've done. In themselves, they might be angry, but... They might not always show it. But yeah. But we know we're angry at ourselves. But the music's the most important thing. Yeah. So you just, like, if they're angry and I just, whatever, you just start, try and forget about it or whatever, and you just sort of concentrate you down see, on the music. They can't, it's more important, they can't so. understand why, since, they, since their music is before them, we'll say, I think it's level with them. But they think, okay, we are our music, so why why should you want to meet us when you have our music? But how I want to explain is that their music and them are on the same level, right? So I want to talk to the, the makers of the music, you know, and I've told them that, Bono, that. Yeah. And it's just, he just wants us to put the music... I just see it as good rock and roll. I see the edge walking across the stage and the way he holds that guitar to me is the ultimate, that sort of thing. And... I don't see it that way, but I do know, and I can tell you, I know from first hand how people do see it that way. I get 
countless letters to say, Dave, I know you know the band, would you please pass this on to Larry Bono, Adam at the Edge or whatever, you know? And I get, like, I mean, I bring them into the office sometimes. And I just get piles of letters, and I wish people wouldn't write to me because it's, it's irrelevant. You know, just write to Win Lane. There's people employed in there to look after these things. And sometimes they write to me and talk to me about you too. And some of the things you get in letters are bizarre. I mean, one example, you just said there, do I think it's mad or barmy or do I think it's something else that I don't necessarily understand I got a letter in once when I had the band in the studio I think it was 86 or I don't think it was the Joshua Tree tour I think it was the Unforgettable Fire tour and uh, this woman wrote in from Wolverhampton and she realised I was going to have them on the programme because I had mentioned the week before that I was going to have them on the programme and she wrote in this thing which was please 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 could you please get like Larry Bono Adam the Edge to send me a free ticket for the gig that's going to be on in Wolverhampton soon and it was one of these things that please it was written out one million times. Now I know that is very hard to believe. If you stretched it down a road it would last a mile. She got her school friends to do it. It was done over a period of about a year when she knew she was going to use it at some stage to do something with you two. One million pleases. I still have it. I gave it to the band. They gave it back to me later because I said I wanted to show it to people because you wouldn't people wouldn't do it. The band sent her tickets and what happened? She was sick. She couldn't go to the gig. And I sort of scratched my head and go wow. I thought it was rock and roll. I like, I like it. You know, I like a few of them. <laughs> I do, I do like a few of them. I mean, I always remember them. An al- a, a song that they did, I think it was on top of the pops I saw it. Now, I didn't really know you two that they were, you know, at the time. But I could always see them, they were in the snow, in, in the snow. And I can always remember that one, you know, going back, thinking about it on the television, you know. New Year's Day. I remember seeing that on the television and saying it was a lovely song, you know, and the group didn't really appeal to me, you know, as people, as such, but I thought the song was lovely, you know. Thank you. 
I, I saw it all the way down through the years. I mean, the stories are legendary, what's happened to rock people and f by rock fans and things that happen. I mean, you had Joe Elliott recently on the Late Late Show talking about uh, coming back to his hotel room or, and two of the band, there was like women in the beds already in these locked rooms with two locked doors with security. And how they ever got in. There's a million different stories about what fans will do and have done to do things. And... Uh, I don't know. I mean, like you've seen it with Beatlemania. That's what everybody saw. It was a big media circus. One of the biggest stories of the swinging 60s was Beatlemania as opposed to just the Beatles. There are a million examples of the complete lunacy and the madness. I don't think I was necessarily that crazy on a sort of a demonstrative way. But, I mean, I can understand it. I mean, I was there. I did the things. I did the mad things. I, I was on the dole for a year, and I still scraped up the money somewhere to go over to see Bob. Now, I'm not going to give a sob story here. Don't worry. But to go over to see Bob Dylan playing at Earl's Court, you know, in London for two nights. And the second night, I bought a tout ticket for twice the price and everything, just to do it again. That's a, an example of how stupid people can be about things in some ways. But how loyal you can be. And how crazy. Yeah, these people are crazy. I mean, they are in lots of ways. I don't want to hang around outside Windmill Lane or any other bloody place where bands are playing or bands are rehearsing our bands are living and I never wanted to do that years ago no matter how big I was into a band but you know I'm not necessarily a late 80s unemployed you know 15 year old female adolescent and I can understand it from a distance she didn't mix an awful lot she just one or two you know but it didn't bother Amory to sit in you know it, it didn't really bother her at all uh, she didn't have that many interests she did a summer project now in the summer and you know things like that but she didn't uh she was just a quiet, very, very quiet child. Anybody would tell you that she was very, very quiet. But the strange thing is, it's inclined to get a hold on you too because if she's upstairs and maybe there's something on the television, it might be you too, I'll say to the other, one of the others, tell Amory you two's on. I mean, this is the way it's, it's getting now, you know, or you two is on the radio. You know, one of their records are on. It kind of gets a hold on you too, with all of the family here, you know. Even her daddy, you know, will say, you know, you two. And then her daddy will say... I can't understand her. Every time I see a car, no matter what make it is, it's it, it, it's Bono's car, Edge's car, anyone in their cars, yeah. and everything I see, like everything's in my different brain. Like or a different registration. Yeah. Or, mm. or you see somebody walking on the street. Or you see someone. Your must be into Bono. Look, he's like Has a everything. Like, I only want to hear you two music. I don't want to hear Prince. I don't want to hear Michael Jackson. Okay, they're good musicians. They're good musicians in their own way. I won't cut anyone down. Like they've made it. I don't begrudge that. Yeah. But the only thing that grabbed me is you two. As Bono yeah. sings in the new single, Dancing Barefoot, some strange music drags me in, and yeah. that's the way I feel. So um, mm. it's just you two is my daily diet. And like, okay, I'm going to get older, right? I'm going to have to stop being a bit like this. But even on my dying day, I'm going to. Still have something for that time. Well, you see, like you always say. Intoxicated by the has the slowest sensation that he is levitating where she Here I go, and I don't know why. I spin so ceaselessly till I lose my sense of grace.
unbearable sometimes to listen mm. to that song. Because it's, you know, you can feel the sadness Bono feels when he's writing yeah. the song. There's a humour. Um, and he didn't, I think he only, they didn't play that very much at all and yeah. live. They only played a few times. I'd say he killed Bono to sing that song. I think it's personal. It's very, very sad. It's there's a friend that died and they are singing that in memory of a friend that, a good friend, that, a close friend. Yeah. Yeah. It's just Some like bad. He said he can yeah. still see him in front of him there. Yeah. Because Greg Harris stood in front of Bono, you know, and he could, on stage, he said he could still see him in front. Remember, he said that. January 87, up here at Wimble Lane, and um, I was asking him about Croke Park, would they be playing Croke Park that year? He said they would, they'd hopefully play two dates, and he was right. And he was very nice, I was sort of shocked, I got a picture with him, I was stoned, you can see in the picture. Mm-hmm. But um, he was great, and he had a sense of humour, he was in a good mood, and which makes all the difference. Like I think if you meet the band and for the first time, when they don't seem to be in a great humour, first impression sort of last. Yeah. But Bono was just... Brilliant meeting. I was on a high. I went home and I roared, crying. And I didn't cry for meeting anyone else. You know, the rest of the band. Just like I'd met Adam and Edge first, and then, like about a week later, I met Bono and just went home, roared, crying. I couldn't believe it. It's just the feeling was there. It's just mad. It's mm-hmm. like I don't know. If you're on stage, with him, it's, it's like he's first just. <laughs> it's a drug in its own right. You know. It what is. Mean? I couldn't say anything. The tears are coming out of my eyes. My throat was, there was a lump as big as a golf ball. A golf ball, and I couldn't say anything to him. All he could say was, Well, where are you from? Well, all I could say was, I love your concerts, are brilliant. He can see through you. If Bono, if Bono is calm and normal, you'll be calm and normal. Yeah. But if he's tense, you'll be tense. And if he looks at you in these strange ways, you can't look no at him. No matter what way he looks at me, if he's just standing there, I'm just afraid of my life when I meet him. Like, mm. I'm just really, I don't know, I can't say anything most of the time. So just, but it's a brilliant. Like, you can really <laughs> Ask him you can really read his personality. Like, like I've always loved, you know, studying people. But Bono, it's I don't know, it's, it's the challenge, and it's most interesting because you can see his soul, and it's 
shines through. It's deeper than anyone else. And it, yeah. You just look into his eyes, right? You look straight into Bono's eyes, you see his soul. And all over his exactly. face is soul and spirit and heart and everything. And he, he's just unbelievable. Like, there's no one like him. I can't see anyone like him. I've never yeah. known anyone like him. So maybe that's the attraction. But it's just like bad, bad. And when you look at the film and watch the home, that song is killing Bono to sing that. It's Every in time. his face, you can see. Yeah. Yeah. Which means it's from it's really We were blindfolded, we couldn't see where we were going. Yeah. We're here, we're led here. We can't stop, we can't go away. Like we look at other people, it's just a, we look at other people and they're going this place, that place, this, this, go, that nightclub. They say they're to us, where, where were you last night? We can't tell them. Yeah, well, we can't tell them. We're down in Milan, you know, waiting for Bono or something. Like we have no it's nightlife. It's embarrassing now. We have no money. Every penny we have, we buy a book, stuff. a record, a single, anything, you know, anything belongs to it too. I'm so depressed in work and you two is on my mind from the moment I get up in the morning till I leave that door and I'm trying to get down here and see if Bono is down to talk to him. I can't work. It's mm. I didn't think it was this bad but when I like I wasn't working from December until March and I didn't sort of realise and then when I went into work in March it's every minute of the day I'm just thinking you two I can't concentrate, I can't give me full hundred percent in so that's work. A lot that's a and matter. yeah God, it kills me when I think about it, but work is just nearly out of question. I feel, I go mad in work, I feel like I want to leave. I just can't cope with it all, you know? Just, like, breaks phone down on top of me. Bad seems to be the one. I mean, like some people have said, it's the stairway to heaven or the free bird of the 80s, which I think is a terrible thing to say about anything in lots of ways. But I mean, it is the epic song that builds up at seven or eight or nine minutes. And it does have an amazing sort of like 
cathartic, supposed feel at the end of it all, where when Bonnie used to talk about it, he wants the audience always to leave his gigs to be washed and to be, you know, exalted, and the person at the back be the same as the person at the front, as opposed to just the band getting up on stage and banging it out. And that's the best example of a song like that, and in the movie you'll see it too. Although, I must say, I think the actual live thing from that um, single that they released, uh, Wide Awake in America, was much more moving than in the movie, I don't know. But anyway, I can understand why bad would be, and just it's power of the song and the way it builds up. But as regards exactly what's said and imagery and the feeling in terms of a religious fervour, that doesn't mean an awful lot to me. But if it does mean it to other people, I can see that it's certainly you get more from them on that level than you would from Guns N' Roses or Megadeth or something. <laughs> Now I don't harp on her as much about it, you know, because I find it didn't make any difference. I was getting more worked up than really she was, you know, and I think if I had kept on, she would have just defied me more, you know. So, as I said, neighbours have said to me, what's the harm? She, she's not doing anyone any harm. She likes it. She, As I said, she doesn't drink, she doesn't smoke, she's not on drugs. So they said, well, well you know, but I don't think she's any other life outside that. You know, she used to tell you a lot in the beginning, and then, of course, when I start giving out over it, you know, she kind of clammed up. Then, you know, she clammed up. I, I said, you know, you should spend more time at home. You know, really, I, I think for like she doesn't come home for dinner. You know that, you know, little things like that. Now, worry your mother. That that is the worrying end of it, you know. At the same time, but uh, I don't know. I keep saying, well, hopefully she just. You know, it'll just drift off and she won't be as dedicated, you know, as she is. I know that the other two girls are a bit younger even than her, you know. It is a bit sad, I think. I think it is a bit stupid. I mean, it is a bit daft, let's face it. People want to hang around outside a big wall because there's a band who occasionally go in there to do their daily nine-to-five business or maybe to rehearse or to do some recording or something. I don't think the three... Or I don't think the fans who hang around outside all the time necessarily get in the way too much of you two because they understand that you two have a life to lead but I do think it's a bit sort of odd and I certainly wouldn't want my sort of offspring or if I ever get any or myself to be think that I would do that it's just not that kind of thing that I would want from for myself you know and like one of the reasons why I think you two might be sort of a little bit reticent about it as well not least of the fact that they want to go in and do their 9 to 5 job and they see this thing happening is the fact that there are a lot of let's put it very bluntly those type of people who are very, very weird, and they're not from Ireland, they're from America, or they're from Japan, or they're from Australia, and they make the long trek, and they come over as a sort of a Billy Graham evangelist sort of thing of having to stand outside Windmill Lane Studios, and it can be very, very upsetting and very, very wrong, and I'm not going to say very dangerous, but I mean, there is an element of something when you think of, oh God, I'm not going to start into the Mark Chapman scene here, but you know what I mean? There's just something a little bit, wait a minute here now, and the more you court it, the sillier you can be about it, you know. And um, I remember reading an article in the paper about the security outside all the U2 houses in Dublin where they live. Well, just very briefly, I've been there and they need it and I, I think it's right and I don't see anything wrong with it at all. I think it's just a fact of life. It is as simple as that. And I think courting it or, or getting involved in it too much is a little bit self-defeating in the end, you know. And I do think that you really have to see the reaction of American fans and the madness of some of those just to realise why protection and security and why not courting that sort of fan worship is the safer bet.
you, you know, you only live once, they have a life to lead. Things will, things will change this and change us, but... It will be a gradual <clears throat> change, I think. It's just like when we came down here first, we didn't come down every day, it just came on gradually, so it might just sort of fade away, it might go from seven days on down, but I don't know when that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. When I heard the bug them and <clears throat> we're sorry that we're here, but, <laughs> you know, it's just, they've been very good about it, so we try to give them as much space as we can. As people say, fuck the big grudgers. And that's how you too feel about the big grudgers. That's me. People feel. slag us off because we hang around outside here for you too, but that's only the people that are not into you too. Yeah. People that if are into you too. If they could understand us, they probably wouldn't laugh as much. Like, I've met foreigners that say... Not many people say, understand. And I've met foreigners that say, if they lived in Ireland, they'd do the same thing as we were doing. We're doing now, so... We're not the only ones that have this in mind, it's just that we have the access to get here. Yeah, everyone. The foreigners haven't, so they would if they could, so... Seriously, folks, like, we enjoy it now and again. Has it's good times. It has. has <laughs> Look, at the moment it's getting... <laughs> bad. It's getting bad at the moment, it's getting... We're going through a bad patch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's, I don't know, it gets to, your, gets to your head, you know. Well, they haven't got much time for us at the moment because they're very, they're very busy. They're very busy and Bono's just had his little baby Jordan. Yeah. And <laughs> so we can understand that. Nah. <laughs> 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 Hope they might drop down for a quick hope. visit, you know what I mean? We're still waiting. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 